Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Of course, I am Ron Kohut, your host. Am I the host today? I hope so. Okay. New England's own Van Helsink, and with me from live from the East Bridgewater Television is the blonde Bob show herself, the amazing, terrific. Wow. Ann Kerrigan. Wow. Oh, that's right. I was I was I was nice to him for once, so I'm suddenly amazing and terrific. She gave me a gift. Hello, I did. See, yeah, Christmas. Remember that, viewers and listeners. If you bribe me, I am so nice. I'm to so you. nice to you. At least for a little while. <laughs> So anyway, welcome to Ghost Chronicles. This is our number forty-one show. Get out of here! And no, that's going on four years. Mm, almost. Yeah, we're high. getting there. Yeah, high. yeah, it's yeah. Not, it was four years. It's going on four Amazingly years. Amazingly enough, people yeah. tune in every month just to hear us bicker. Well, and maybe to listen to our fabulous guests. Yeah, that would be a good thing too. <laughs> Well, we actually can sucker someone in the come. So, I had a fabulous guest recently and uh, at what? my home. What? At my home. <laughs> at my home. Yeah. No, not on TV. You ad libbing? I am. Okay. I can. I can, can do that. So, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Elizabeth. Schmoopy. 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 Uh, who spent some time, she's working up here for a little while, so she spent a couple weeks at the house, and it was great to have her. And I know she listens to us on the podcast, so I just want to say, hey, and I miss you. She actually has a cool job, right? Yes, she does. She's working movie productions? Yes, she uh, is a a set teacher Mm -hmm. on television shows, movies, things like that. So she's all over the country. It's it's a very cool. George Clooney. Yeah, she saw him. She actually said I look better than him. But That's right. I don't, oh. know. I don't know if that was just, I, I, he has to say a what. But I, yeah, I, it's, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Anyway. So anyways, so something that Lizzie and I did when she was up visiting Oh, me, there's more to this. Yes, it's oh, a okay. lead-in. Oh, okay. Hello. Yes. Uh, is we, of course, went to a cemetery. I know you're shocked. So we did some cemetery trip. You went on a cemetery trip. I haven't finished my thingy. What thingy is that? I was going to tell her what happened to me all, all along the way. Fine. Okay. Well, well too late now. We can skip back. Uh, no, cemetery tripping no. can wait another minute. No, we can't. You, yeah, all right. You're going to be it. a whiny baby. So, Lizzie and I went cemetery tripping at North Burial Ground in Providence, Rhode Island. So, I thought I would share with you all our trip. So, if we can roll that. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I will feature a different cemetery in each episode that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avatathophile, or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. 
The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for cemetery tripping. I was fortunate to recently visit North Burial Ground in Providence, Rhode Island, while my friend Lizzie was visiting me. This is a cemetery I have driven by hundreds of times on trips to Providence, always vowed to visit, but never had time to stop. Last week, I finally made the time. The North Burial Ground dates from 1700 and is the largest municipal cemetery in the region at 109 acres with more than 35,000 gravestones. If you have driven on Route 95 heading south through our island, it is visible from the highway. The cemetery contains an eclectic collection of funerary sculpture, ranging from simple slate markers to elaborate mausoleum structures. Gothic, Baroque, bow arts, and federal architectural features are all around you and include the resting places of Rhode Island governors, mayors, Civil War and Revolutionary War leaders, and some of Providence's most prominent citizens. Upon entering the cemetery, we were greeted with monuments memorializing Providence firefighters and veterans of the Revolutionary and Spanish-American Wars. As we wandered up the hill, we found the first mayor of Providence, Samuel Willard Brigham, marked with a large, ornate monument with an homage on all three sides. A short distance away, I found a fallen marker for the two Smith brothers who perished within a year of each other in battles of the Civil War at Gaines Mill and Forest City. Among the many fine examples of Puritan carving, I found the typical Puritan epitaph of the day on the grave of Mrs. Rebecca Carr. Behold and see as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you must be. Prepare for death and follow me. Another Providence governor, James Fenner, who served 1843 to 1845, had an Egyptian revival style of crypt tucked into the bottom of a hill, a short distance from the original receiving vault for the cemetery. The receiving vault is an amazing structure with the original bronze plaques still on the outside commemorating its commissioners, architects, and builders. Other prominent graves include Stephen Hopkins, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, and the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks plot, where an enormous bronze elk overlooks the hillside. There are also a number of markers for emancipated slaves. The first one I found was for Patience Borden, who died at age 53 in 1811. Her epitaph reads, Patience Borden, commonly called Steri, a free woman of color and humble disciple of Jesus. She gave to the First Baptist Church in this town, of which she was a member, $230 as a fund for the relief of the poor of color of that church. Nearby were the graves of Abraham and Horatio Perry, both identified as man of color. There were so many amazing markers in this cemetery, I could go on for hours. So plan a trip to North Burial Ground. Stop at the office on your way into the cemetery to obtain a map of notable burials and make it a cemetery tripping kind of day. Man of color, huh? Yes, man of color. It bothered you. Why did it bother you? Bothered. I know it was uh, at the time during which they lived. Yeah. I, that was what they did. I just, I just. We can't bury our past, you know. To be identified we, we, that way. You learn from the past tombstone. by understanding it. And so you okay. just can't bury everything. You know, people like to do that. Oh, you can't say that. Well, no, that's true. You know, that's oh, the whatever. way it was. But 
There are some really interesting stones there, mm -hmm. and I highly, highly recommend it. I didn't even see the whole thing. I mean, we were probably there four or five hours, so uh, really. Thank God <laughs> I wasn't here. <laughs> you would love it. Stop it. All right. That's besides the point. <laughs> Anyways, we have a great show tonight. We have someone who I've known for a long time. Now, I'm trying to think of who I knew first, but I'm guessing. I'm guessing I knew the young lady first. Uh, anyways, joining us now are the uh, found. Well, I don't know if are they the both the founders. I'm so confused. I don't know. Why don't you when you so joining us now are someone who I have known for a while uh, and evidently confused about uh, is Shaman Steve Wilson and Black Betty or uh, Betty Cumberford. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So which one have I known the longest? Betty, right? That's yep. what I would have said. Yep. So how did I meet you, Steve? Through me. Um, through me. Really? So you're going to meet this show. guy. God. You're so Don't old. Don't get you old. You can't remember <laughs> anything. No, not at all. It was, all. The, it was through the, the radio show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, you guys are with the... Are you... Now, who founded the Spirit Light Network? Both of us. Did. Both of us. Okay. See, I was I was treading on thing, you know, because I didn't know if That's the right. egos get involved. No, you know, not so well. Some people <laughs> egos get involved, yeah. and uh, you know. We I couldn't do what we do if it did. Okay. Very good. <laughs> so the Spirit Light Network is is what guys? Um, it was a paranormal group that started um, probably about a good seven years ago. Longer than that. Has it been longer than that? And time flies. Long time, I know. And it, it kind of came out of. Uh, a desire to do something a little bit different with the paranormal, where we're both psychic and both empathic, and we both of us have sensed things since we were little kids, and we pulled in some others who were having the same kinds of experiences. So we went out there and we were trying to develop some kind of a ability to help spirits leave the space or cross over, or if that was what was being called upon, but really getting into more of the whys why paranormal was happening in the first place. So a lot of investigative work with. The energies of the situation. So, and it blossomed. Now there's like three groups that are doing it right now that we kind of oh, really? monitor. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's a lot of work in that kind of realm. So, do they form after you, or are they modeled after you? Are they former students of yours? Or are they just mostly students after us? You know, a lot of people call up on if they want to do the same kind of work, and you kind of see if they can or they can't, and hmm. then we kind of take them on and teach them as best we can. Oh. So, but it's. So it's a friendly relationship. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. No matter oh, okay. what. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's cool. It has to be friendly. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. That's what I was thinking. No. <laughs> I've actually, in, in all fairness, I've wor worked with you before. Uh, yeah. You were at the Houghton Mansion or Houghton yep, Mansion, a bunch whatever of stuff the hell there. it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that way back in the, the day when I did contact. You were at contact, right? Yes, we were. One of the original contact. Yeah. That was a paranormal conference that I did, like, Hundred years ago. Did a big shaman type thing there for you once. Yeah, it was yeah. neat. Can you tell people, for those who don't know, what is a shaman? Um, a lot of different That's kinds of people. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my squeeze the shaman. Yeah. <laughs> he uses that a lot. Great minds running the same gutter. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> a lot of different thought processes on it. Um, I like to call it more of a shamanic practitioner because there's a lot of sensitivities about the word out there right now because just about anybody can go take a class and become a shaman. Ah. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the crux of it for me growing up um, was just sensing everything around me, people, their, their, their moods, their attitudes. Next thing you know, I'm seeing spirits that have passed on and knowing when people are going to die, um, feeling why they died. Um, then I'd go out into nature and I'd feel wonderful 
because most people didn't feel very good to me at the time when I was growing up. So mm -hmm. through all that, it just got more and more intense and seeing the future, seeing past lives, all kinds of different kinds of paranormal psychic information. Wow. And so the shamanic thought process started coming in. I went to a thing out at Omega and there's and, uh, there a whole bunch of shamans from all over the world. And listening to them and, and going through what they were doing and the different ceremonies, and it's like, hey, I've been doing this right along since I've been a kid. And so what it turned into me was this thought process, if I can experience and be okay with every vibrational energy form on the face of the planet, it gives me this big body of knowledge that I can navigate through, especially in the paranormal, it works really, really well, because, you know, people get stuck for a lot of terrible reasons, and right. I can feel that and be okay with it, no matter what it is. I and think most wow. people think of the shamans, they think of, like, medicine man or something. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, most doctor. You yeah, know, basically, yeah. but a lot of that is very ceremonial to develop those kinds of abilities in. But along the way, I've met shamans along the way. That I call them they're just shamans. They just have mm. it without having to do all the trappings of it to get to that space. So it's no different than going to church and doing the Eucharist or something to yeah. get into a space or mm -hmm. right. you know, any kind of guided meditation or imagery or whatever to mm -hmm. have this experience of vibration, a mystical experience. And, and like, I, I mean, you said this has been going on since you were a kid mm -hmm. and then you, know, you kind of realized what it was. So it's almost in a, like a religious sense, like a calling. Yes. It's like a calling that you were born with, really. Mm -hmm. That's that's had no cool. choice. Had to figure out how to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, right. being a little kid, seeing things and all that kind of uh -huh. stuff. You know, like your parents wanted to send you to the uh, the counselor. <laughs> you know, we didn't have as much medication back then as we do now. Uh, right, so, right, right, right. Uh, some true. pretty over the top things yeah. that made absolutely no sense to anybody around me. But I was living it, so mm -hmm. it just was what it was. Mm -hmm. You know, living being in three time zones at the same time, having the actual experience of that all around me. Probably about ten times in my life, and it's, it got, I got used to it. Mm -hmm. It became a great t shamanic tool, right. but at the time I didn't know that. Well, yeah, you need that guidance um, for someone to say, "This is what's going on yeah, with you're not you," crazy. and yeah. you know, you're okay. I actually have a friend who's who's kind of going through this with her daughter, mm -hmm. and I've given her the name, you know, of a couple people her daughter that, that is we work with. What she's seeing things. Um, oh, yeah. and, and that's happening a lot. Most it's, of our phone calls are from frightened. parents yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, kids that are seeing things, hearing things, mm -hmm. having experiences, out-of-body experience, all those kinds of... Uh, yeah. 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 It's interesting times. The hopefulness is that we all get into a place where we can navigate it a little bit easier. Yeah. So. Oh, that's why we write books. That's right. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to that in yes. a second. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, since you brought them up, we might as well get to it I now. think we should. <laughs> all right, so what do we want to start with here, Steve? That's the first one. All right, so I'm going to hold it up and we can pan in we, on this. We do have a picture of this. Oh, we have it. Never mind. We don't need a pan. We don't okay. have to pan in. You don't have to. <laughs> Modern technology is amazing. The, so the name of this book is The Reluctant Empath. There it is. It's a little stretchy on the screen. Yes, yeah, just screen. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> Makes it bigger than life. Yeah. And this was your first book? That was our first book. Okay. Yeah. And so what is what is this book about? <clears throat> A collection of stories of this child named Alex, which is all true life stories. It's given a different name so the attention isn't drawn. Mm -hmm. um, and basically it's going through his life and his experiences that he had that had to do with being empathic, which is a person who senses and feels things that others don't seem to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and many people have come to us over the years and tell us it's a curse. I don't want to feel everything that I feel. Right. And 
we felt called to write this book to tell folks it's okay, it's a gift. It's just learning how to navigate it, how to use it, and that's what that's all about. Uh -huh. And rather than give very dried prose, we decided, okay, why don't we create a character? Everything in the book is true, mm -hmm. but the reader can then become Alex or live through Alex. And we've gotten so many emails from people saying, you wrote my life. How oh, did you wow. know this? That's great. So it's, it's confusing to me because I'm very empathic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, you know I, one of my biggest pet peeves are people who post that crap on Facebook of beat up animals and stuff like that. Oh, yes. I, I, mean, I, I feel that pain. And, oh, yeah. and yeah. to me, that, that is, I have to divorce myself and, and stay away from that. In other words, mm -hmm. or else it could really destroy me. Because it, it, so how do, and I assume Alex is going through this as yes, well constantly. in the book. How does he... You say it's not a curse; it's a it's a, a gift, an embracement. How does he overcome that? Initially, um, I have to use all my own stories because that's where they come from. Yep. Um, but initially, like growing up uh, in my teenage years, I, I was more aware of the different things I was feeling, like things like that, mm -hmm. you know, like people lying and just saying things that mm -hmm. weren't true, and animals, you know, being abused or whatever, oh, yeah. or worldly events, you know, something. The big thing for me used to blow my mind was like religious events. Something would happen, like say Easter or something, and all of a sudden you feel this great energy, and all of a sudden all this crap, and just in the middle of your day, what's going on? And I started to have this realization that some people like Easter and some people don't. Mm -hmm. So you or get everybody, Christmas. yeah, or Christmas, right. the same kind of thing. And so all these, yeah, the same thing. And Any so, holiday, really. so <laughs> you get everybody thinking about these things, good or bad. That energy goes out, and some people feel that really intensely. So, mm -hmm. I started to do all these things to find out ways to protect myself. I became an expert in every occult thing you ever could imagine. I read and studied and doing this incantations and crystals and you name it. And about ten years into doing that kind of a lifestyle. Um, it just got worse and worse and worse. Oh, no. <laughs> and finally, one of my guides came in and said, I hear things, I hear voices, right? And he said, stop. And I'm like, what do you mean, stop? And I had this realization that, you know, every time I was afraid or didn't want to experience something, that was a fear. And all my power was actually empowering whatever was trying to make mm -hmm. me afraid. No different than a lot of the paranormal stuff we deal with out there. Yeah. Ghosts wanting us to be afraid, and they feed from it. And so I stopped, and yes, there was a little bit of a stretch, a curve, but my body actually started to change, and I had this ability to start moving the energy through me, these, these instances. I remember one day... Sort of like Reiki, or...? Um, Reiki was a, a big aha moment for me, because I... But I mean, in that parallel, I mean, that analogy, and the, yeah. the, the energy goes through... We call it grounding. Yeah, grounding, yeah. You know, way, yeah. For some unbeknownst reason to me, all the right people came in at the right time, and I, I got hanging around with a bunch of druidic people. And we were out in the woods, and they were teaching me this um, tree meditation. And I went out and put my hands on this tree, and all of a sudden, <laughs> everything in my body just left. I said, oh my God, I feel awesome. What oh. just happened? So he's a tree <laughs> hugger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it, it turned into a mountain hugger because, oh, okay. because trees don't work as well for me as they used to. So I, I tend to like to be on top of mountains with all that stone and just ground out. But even that turned into just being able to do it on a, a given moment's notice. Because, you know, just like you said, if you see something horrific and you don't yeah. want to deal with it, what are you going to do, run for the nearest tree, run for the nearest mountain? <laughs> you need to be able to embody that energy movement right then and there. Yeah, see, I tend to, to try to block more yeah. than anything. That's, that's... My... 
experiences in, and I remember I went to confession because yeah. I'm a Catholic, so I went to confession. So uh, this is after Trump got elected. So, so the priest would be like, yeah, yeah, story I, about I told him whatever. Is that what I should have done? Whatever. So, <laughs> so I went in there, so he says, well, what did you think about this election? Do you have a lot of anger or anything? I says, no, I don't dwell on any of that negativity. And, and to me, that's the way I live my life. I rather mm -hmm. deal with the positive stuff. Was the moment. This, yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's go back to the, the Facebook analogy again. I like to see the little kitties. I like to see people having fun. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I, that I enjoy Facebook for. Not all this crap about you know everybody's misery. Mm -hmm. um, right. So right. that's kind of what I do is I do it, concentrate more on the, the good and I draw my energy from the good rather than from the bad that's out there, if you want mm -hmm. to call it bad, or that a negativity. Lower vibration. That works. Okay, it works. Yeah. because you know, being an empath and at this particular level, you, you can't look at things as bad because your energy goes yeah. on that intention, and we know energy follows intention. Exactly. And so, you know, like for instance, the election. I'm not going to get into much because I don't want to get beat up about it either. <laughs> but um, you know. It was amazing how horrible the energy got about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Oh. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And it wasn't because the people were happy that he won. There was people that weren't happy that he didn't right. win. So, so, so on that note, okay, since you brought it up, does negativity have more power yes. than, than positivity? It, it has more power because the general public is more drawn to something we call duality, light and dark. Right. And like dark... That has more of a physical experience to it, okay? It's more dense. So like, you know, you've seen things been moved by ghosts, okay? Mm -hmm. And we have too. And it's usually somebody who's really angry. So angry, very intense emotional energy gives the paranormal subject the ability to move things. Mm -hmm. Where someone who's loving or getting ready to get out of Dodge can't do that. They wouldn't do that because it's not that same kind right. of power. And we all know what anger can do. Crowd mentality. People go crazy. Next thing it all breaks up and goes nuts. Yeah, it's true. Whereas Absolutely true. Loving light, <coughs> you kind of step back and yeah. it's all good. You know, there's not as much cause and effect. So you are true. Good point. Very yeah, because basically you can't destroy energy, but no. you can change its vibration. And, and that's, that's where the, the gift lies is you can actually change the vibration of the energy around you. Mm-hmm. So can we talk on that, that theme? So you mm -hmm. talk about vibration mm -hmm. and what, um, oh, stop. So everything has a vibration. Yes. Correct. Um, so just uh, maybe you can just explain it a little bit more ab about what causes it or, or cause and effect, I guess. Well, how do you feel when you're depressed? Sad. That's very heavy energy. Okay. Time that's drags. Thing. Right. It's a, that's a lower vibration. It's okay. very heavy. It's like dragging you. Now, how do you feel when you're in love? Happy. You feel really light. <laughs> Time a, flies. That's a higher vibration. Ah, okay. Another, another part to add to it, um, when you really look at our whole experience here, we look at everything as a battery. Everything. Food, people, the earth. Um, even the Earth has a North and South Pole and an Iron Core. It holds vibration. You know, we can go to certain places on the Earth. You know, all kinds of cool places we've been to around North and South America. Like Lake Titicaca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said it first. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she did go to. She did not say it as cool as I was. It was a fantastic yeah. place. <laughs> anybody, <laughs> everybody should go there. You get 12 extra points for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But it's minus even, 10 for man. There you go. 
So it's even like an apple is a battery. You know, the sun comes into the tree, into the roots of the tree. The energy that it takes in is stored in the apple. And we, through our, our systems, we break down it and we take the energy within us. Well, that's like with everything in the planets. But the thing that spiritually, you know, we've discovered as an empath, people get this energy all day long. And I guess the best analogy for it is the chakra system. You know, you've all mm -hmm. probably heard about that. Yes. So it comes down through you, and there's these lessons in these chakras that hopefully we learn, and the energy travels down through our battery system, and we ground into the earth, and we create a wonderful life. Well, how often does that happen? <laughs> you know, how many, pe how many people are there really living in the truth and yeah. they're really happy and putting out great energy? Not a Not lot. Not many. Not a lot. Right? And so well. that's our experience. And the neat thing about it in writing this book and then getting into the next one was... Which you know, is a good segue into the next yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what, is this, what does this all mean? So, you know, being me, B Betty being who she is and in, in our own dealings with the paranormal and life and stuff, this analogy is in every religious tradition on the face of the planet when mm -hmm. you look for it, you know, and it's amazing when you make those connections that, whoa, you know, it takes, it smooths all the bumps out. It doesn't make it totally easier, but it gives you hopefulness of... It gives uh, you an understanding yeah. of why things happen. Okay. So right. that led us into the next book, yes. which is... The Empath's Quest. There you go. So what is this deal with? This deal with? took this um, in a little bit different vein. It's went a still, little deeper. Yeah, it went deeper. It's still Alex, but it actually is where the Spirit Light Network came out of. Okay. Um, it was a trip that we took to Arizona um, just for some strange reason. Had to go and did some things out there and had all these marvelous experiences with energy mm -hmm. and something I called sacred geometry when I was a child because I used to see these figures floating around me all the time. Now, when you say figures, define that with that. I, I call them it's Christmas totally bulbs. The, abstract. Um, imagine seeing like a, this beautiful Christmas crystal or bulb or, or whatever. A ball shape. Okay. Yeah, ball okay. shape yeah, right. or sometimes triangles or. Okay, triangles. And, right. and it didn't really have anything. The importance of the shape wasn't what really mattered. It was what the light that would shine through oh, as it came okay. through and what it did to me. I could actually feel the difference in what I put out through. So they're prisms, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you ever seen our? <laughs> you know, so our sacred geometry and our experience actually is the expression of our light and our choices out through that, how much we allow to come through, and it creates our aura. And it, it starts the next process of our unfoldment. But anyway, out in Arizona, kept on bumping into petroglyphs. And these petroglyphs would jump out and all these lights would change around and just have these incredible mystical experiences out there in the desert and, and other kinds of crazy places. So I have to kind of ask you is when you see these, you talk about uh, you seeing the lights, do you, can you actually take pictures of it? I have not. Pictures are not really my thing, mm -hmm. um, but we do have friends that have, that have actually taken pictures of them and cut them in film. And I, you may have known somebody else that may have too. It seems to be a new phenomenon, like to see in geometric figures. A lot of people are like waking up in, in the middle of the night and feeling like these things are flowing down into the tops of their heads mm -hmm. and stuff, different geometric symbols and stuff. And other people are starting to see them now too. So it's well, when you close your eyes at night, do you see colors? Sometimes, do you ever, do you ever have that experience? As Not far usually. as what do before you, mean? you go to, before you actually fall asleep, sometimes when you close your eyes, you're relaxing. Mm -hmm. You may see colors. No. Sometimes I see light. 
Okay. Yep, so you've seen it before it breaks down, which is actually really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> actually, I actually have a, a good experience is, is uh, when Jan went through the cancer, she started doing the rosary every night, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the weirdest phenomena, and I think this is all to do about energy as well, is that when she's saying her rosary at night, and, and uh, having bed, I close my eyes, instead of seeing dark, I see white. Yeah, yes. And when she completes, the, when exactly. she completes the, the rosary, yeah. it's back to dock again. The, mm -hmm. you know, when yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. I, I didn't know what was going on at first because yep. I, I thought, like, you know, wow, the light's really coming through the window bright when it first happened. Yep. And then I, I realized it wasn't. I closed my eye and I still have that brightness. And then it took me for a long while to, to correlate it. But yeah, yeah, it's, a ritual. It's, it's a pretty cool thing, that. though. But yeah. I think it's got to do with the energy. Yes, like definitely. You know, she she's having an intent. She's doing something. She's doing ceremony. And she's basically. calling in the white light. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So you go. It, it's all cool stuff. All this energy stuff in everything is energy. Yeah, in the uh, the new book, I, I just got it today, so I haven't yeah. had a chance to look at it. So I do apologize for that. That's no, it's okay. But uh, it, it looks intriguing. With the yeah. the different now, I, I just Heather. I'm sorry to, to take it off. When you're ready for it, it's ready for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I noticed there was like drawings in it and mm -hmm. and. Uh, there was other ones of like, oh yeah, this thing with the fire and stuff, and and relations like elements of water and the earth. Okay, so you, are, do you talk about elements? Yes. In, it's yes, it's actually the neat thing about shamanism. It actually breaks down a lot of this energy thought process into usable, definable things you can experience. Um, you can give them a quick example of air. Like air, like when we teach the element of air, you know, what's the first thing that happens when you're born? You breathe, mm -hmm. okay? So you now have permission There's to be cry. here. Yeah. Ah, I gotta go. There you go. go. You cry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta be good at something. <laughs> <laughs> Some do it better than others. Yes. yes so I in that do. moment, you're given permission to be here. It's like, and so we teach it's the first permission, the breath, but it's also it's a communication because spirit comes through on air. When you drum, you're moving air. You know, you're using air now you're with your words, which you're putting out into the air. Exactly. And so, and so what's the, what happens when you stop breathing? Permission's taken End away. And so your collection of whatever <laughs> so your wait, life was. I, I'm not getting this permission thing. I'm, uh, what is that permission? From who? Um, <laughs> the big guy. The big guy. <laughs> There's a very... Russ? Russ is good. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He could be the big guy. He could be. In yeah. the studio, he's the big guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a, lot of, a lot of shamanic study for me was looking at all the different analogies of what you know, Native Americans call the great mystery down in South America. They call it a rootum, the life force. Uh, mm -hmm. Mongolians call it wind horse, the, the force that the runs Christ through energy. all life. The Christ energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, you know. There's all wow. these names for it. And it, it's coming to us. And, and so it shamanically, you know, one of the death rites of shamanism when somebody's getting ready to leave, it, they, we do something, it's almost like unwinding the spirit, okay. And I've had to do that a couple of times with some people that were passing. Oh, that's sad. And no, it was actually. I know it's celebrations, totally. It's, blah blah blah. You know, death for me is a whole different world. Well, you <laughs> yeah. know, death death is for the living. That's the problem. It's sad for the living. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's it's really easy to say, oh, it's nice. Although some people, you know, like when Aaron Hernandez hung himself supposedly oh, in, the, yeah. in the thing. There are a lot of people that were actually happy. Yeah, I know. You know, so here we go back to that energy yeah, exactly. the intent thing again. Well, it's uh, I'll, go, I'll segue a little bit into like Peru. So we went to Peru and um, that's funny. I was going to bring that out. You have <laughs> psychic. I know it's amazing. Psychic. <laughs> so, 
it's so you know being one of the big thing about being you know empathic sh- a, sh- a shaman a medium all these different kinds of things you know growing up in a spiritualist church i would feel every spirit that would show up that somebody would be speaking with okay and some did not feel good and most did it and some were a little better than others you could sense their energy and so I got into thinking, well, what is this thing with the afterlife? You know, is there, does this energy follow you? And obviously, to me, it was. Mm-hmm. So we go to Peru, and we're down there, and we end up on the the lake of, on an island, in the middle of... Lake Titicaca. <laughs> okay. It really is a very spiritual place, incredibly spiritual place. And so, you know, we were the bunch of shamans. There was a group of us, and they heard that uh, we do this American shaman thing. So they wanted a, a demonstration. Ah. So, and so... So we took out a Coke bottle and spun it around and <laughs> said, well, this is how we do it in America. <laughs> so like, yeah, we don't have anything with us, so we'll do a drumming journey. So I grabbed a cardboard box and a broom handle. Yeah, and pretty drums. much. But anyway, so um, they they were asking for some, uh, what you would call or I would call a reading, okay? Mm-hmm. It was a little bit different on there. They don't really do that too much, too much divination. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they, they use cocoa leaves, okay? And this particular place we chew, were at. Smoke or? Uh, you chew. 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 Okay. <laughs> pretty high up there. It's tough. <laughs> so anyway, so we're on this island with a couple hundred people. I'm like, oh my God, I don't speak this language. She does. And I don't you know. You do? What yes, I did all the translation. Yep. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. My, Kudos my, my to My family's you. Cuban. Kudos to you. Yeah. She was a great asset down there. Many really? Places. Cuban? Cuban. Yeah. She's wow. legal now, too. We can go visit. <laughs> you can go, you can actually, hey, I was born. <laughs> you can go there and see your brothers. Yeah. Mike, my, my, actually, we do still have family there. Wow. That's cool. All right, sorry, we interrupted. That's all right. Scroll. So we're doing the readings. I'm doing the translations. So I'm sitting there. I'm a little like... And there's no spirits. Yeah, there's no spirits. I'm a little freaked out. I don't know what their belief system is. There's no spirits coming through. None whatsoever. So it was dead. Ghost. Well, I was getting psychic information. Well, yeah, pretty much dead, exactly. Getting a lot lot of psychic information, you know, from other sources and stuff until the last guy. The last guy showed up and all of a sudden, his grandmother popped up and I'm like, whoa, she was pretty intense. But she didn't have that typical cold, you know, mad at the world, I can't believe I'm still kind of here feeling to her. And she was giving me this information about this particular guy and she's saying, when, you know, when you were alive as a little boy, you were a troublemaker, but I always told you you were going to be famous, you know, on this island. He became the the mayor. The mayor of the island. Oh, wow. So I asked after we're all done with all this. That was really strange for me. I goes, what, did, what is your belief on spirits in Peru? And he says, well, when we die, we go to this big mountain. It's the biggest mountain in Peru up in the Andes, and we wait for the star people to come get us. Oh. Well, I can deal with that. So lo and behold, on my birthday, a couple of days later, guess where we're driving up past? <gasps> this mountain uh-huh. and we stop and I, I cannot begin to explain the feeling. We all oh. cried. The yeah, energy was, was so amazing. So intense. So there was intense. all the spirit energy there but they weren't fearful. They weren't afraid. So it That's got a, crazy. kind of stunt though, right? Because they went up for the mountain to get taken away and they're stuck there. It's like, what the well, hell? Well, they're waiting. They haven't they showed up waiting. Yeah, they're waiting for a party. It's like, okay, when in the hell are we going <laughs> to get this you, you know how far it is from Elvis and Tori? That's a long ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, to finish out the story a little bit. So we come back here and, you know, we really paid attention to what was the difference between Peru and here because at the time we went down there, the whole place just got flooded out. and It was a lot of poverty and a lot of what you would think would be really awful, awful energy. And it was the most loving place I've ever been to. Wow. It was cool. You could That's feel great. it all through your body. We get back here and it's like, <sighs> do, I yeah. to, do I have to come back? Do I really have to come back? Yeah, and it, was, and, it, and it was tough, so we tried to keep it going. So I started asking you know, guidance, you know, what's the difference between the afterlife there and here? And it's people here 
have something to lose when they die, and that's the thought process. They don't want to die. It's true. If you have mm. nothing, you lose nothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's a more close. joyful kind of thing. So yeah, I want to come back to my little mud, mud hut. Your little mud hut. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, oh, so things don't get you to heaven. I guess that's, that's the point of it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. so what, uh, relative of mine used to say, the uh, Hearst doesn't have luggage racks. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Ebenezer Scrooge, that whole thing with the chains uh, behind you, that's the best analogy uh, yet. My father always used to say, uh, you know, we always tell him, you can't take your money with you because he, he was a little, didn't like to spend money. So, Frugal. can't take your money with you. And he says, well, I reserve the right to if I can find a way. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of those cool mausoleums. That's what I want. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I wanted to comment on That's a thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to comment on the on the book covers, really? okay? Because if you'll girly. notice, huh? They're kind of girly. The if you'll notice, the first book yeah. has no eyes. Yeah. It just has a nose and a mouth, and the second book. Oh, that's clever. Just has eyes. Oh, wait a minute. So. So if we put them together. Thank you. I was just about to do that. <laughs> Wait till you see the next cover. Maybe I could. Yeah, God knows where we're going <laughs> go next. Go for it. Go so, on. Yeah, see, you know. There you go. Yeah. Mm. There oh, you go. That's have a whole face. Did you do that on purpose? Well, we have the <laughs> idea, and we we mentioned it to him, and there's this great. Uh, I am sorry. I, I really am sorry. should hit you with the books. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyways. art designer Justin was his name, and he came up with the came first up. book. I just yeah. I. I, I yeah. <laughs> as You've had a pretty good team. Right? Like, best, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if um, we want to take a little break and do our power news, or should we? We can. Um, I was just waiting for a cue for you. All right. Because you know, I just sit here. I Consider it a cue. Okay, fine. That we would like to do the power news. So probably we should do the power news now. I'm just saying. If we would like to run that opening and there go to go. power news. Ready. So that was a good uh, segue. I'm Nathan Mayer, uh, this, a host of this paranormal news segment. My first story is about mass graves found in Ireland orphanage site. Forensic experts say that they found a mass grave for young children at a former Catholic orphanage in Ireland where suspicions of unrecorded and unmarked burials have lingered for decades. The announcement by the government-appointed Mother and Baby Homes Commission confirms that a 2014 investigation by historian, historian Catherine Corliss found death certificates for nearly 800 children who died at the home in Galway County. From its opening in 1925 to 1961 for its closure. The commission says uh, 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 the site from November to January found uh, underground structure divided into 20 chambers containing significant quantities of human remains. It says DNA analysis have selected remains confirm that ages of the dead range from 35 weeks to 3 years old. The second story is about a rabbit hole that leads to a 700-year-old Knights Templar cave. The 7-year-old cave in Stratosphere, UK, have been long linked to the Knights Templar. A 
Catholic military order that plays a key role during the Crusades, named after Jerusalem's Temple Mount, where the order was founded in 1119, protected pilgrims visiting the Holy Land. With the loss of the Holy Land, the Templars' military influence waned, although they still have great economic sway in medieval Europe. In 1307, the French King Philip IV, who wanted to wipe out the debts to the order, launched a plot to bring the Templars down. Many Templars were arrested for charges including heresy, and dozens were later burned at the stake. Pope Clement V disbanded the order in 1312. The Cramped caves include arches, walkways, and carved niches. My third story is about brain activity. Canadian doctors in an intensive care unit appeared to have observed a person's brain continuing after they declared clinically dead. In the case, doctors confirmed that their patient was dead through the range of normal observations, including the absence of pulse and unreactive pupils but tests showed the patient's brain appeared to keep working, experiencing the same kind of brain waves that are seen during deep sleep. Only one of the four people studied exhibited the long-lasting and mysterious brain activity, with activity is most patients dying off before the heart stopped beating. But all of their brains behaved differently in the minutes after they died, adding further mystery to what happens to them after death. What happens to the body and mind after death remains a mystery. The last thing I'm going to talk about is my Paris Cinema Spotlight, The Conjuring 2. The movie plot is about England's Emneville, the Enville haunting, was the most documented case in paranormal history. In 1977, husband and wife paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren traveled to North London, England, where a single mother, Peggy Hodgson, believes that something evil is in her home and claims that she and her four children are being terrorized by the supernatural forces. When Peggy's youngest daughter starts showing signs of demonic possession, Ed and Lorraine attempt to keep the um, girl, but only to find themselves targeted by the malicious spirits. The Conjuring 2 can't help but lose a bit of its predecessor's chilling sting through familiarity, but what remains is still a superior ghost story told by spine-tingling skill. I give it four out of five lights on the K2 meters. That means give it a whirl. Yes. They're pretty cool. I thought that was cool. Yeah. You think that brain activity is like zombies? Yeah, zombies. That's Maybe. what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm not Either sure. that or blondes, one or the other. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, it could be. I'm You're just so saying. funny. So anyways, um, <laughs> you mentioned this earlier when you were talking about titty caca. Uh. Uh, you talked about drumming with a broom and a, and a cardboard bomb. You actually have something that's, that's here that, that mm-hmm. I'm sure is better than a cardboard thing. But you actually get a whole bunch of cool yeah, stuff whole, here. Cool so stuff. Do, what, what is this? Just stuff you collected along the way or, or what with is the it? Tools. Tools, gifts. Yeah. Um, it's like a rosary. For okay. lack of a better word, it's ways to get us into the space. Um, okay. Practice. Like this is actually from Peru. This is an ayahuasca rattle. If you look at all these these lines on here, you know what ayahuasca is? 
No. It's a uh, hallucinogenic. Um, Farrow <laughs> Ah. Uh, it's a boiling of a couple of roots mixed together, and you go into ceremony and you ingest it. And, and you see lines. And for 12 hours, you're somewhere else. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so. 12 hours. Yeah. Sort of like I was you're in have school. Have some of that tea. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're done, you throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the lines are—they call them the navigation lines when you're going through the whole process of trying oh. to seek secret things. Oh. But, that's um, cool. It's it is cool. belief that the uh, the rattle holds the energy from the ceremony, so you don't have to ingest. So what would you use a rattle for? I mean, just go around rattling for no reason at all, or it must be a reason, right? It's, it's what breaks up energy. You know, it's the same thing as so a drum. So if you go into a space that's like really negative energy, you go and heavy, you could rattle. And you rattle. And it'll actually, the sound will actually break up the energy. It's that element of air. So that's kind of like feng shui in a way. Because yeah, in, in a way. feng shui, for instance, like, you know, you, you clap in the corners of a, a yep. room to clear it and stuff like that. So it's the same process where you break in energy. Yeah, or right? chanting or, or singing. Chanting, yeah, okay. All those kinds of things. What we also doing? use this when, so, um, we do, when we do shamanic journeys, which is like a, a meditation. Oh, yeah. Um, and Steve, Steve does very, very good ones, and we use the drum and I we have use the gone rattle. I've his journeys yep. before. So you know how good they are. I big one at the Hood Mansion. And yeah. I saw my, uh, well, you took us on another journey where, where you found your... Uh, animal totem. Animal totem, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. Ah. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing about, uh, that I have discovered through the years, is that a lot of different uh, modalities use these, only they call them different things. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you used your journey, shamanic journeys. But the spirituals also use that as well to connect with spirit, to go Correct. crossing the bridge yes. and so yep. forth. And there are other ones that take you on these journeys as well. Mm -hmm. So they're actually all tied together in a way. Yes. Yeah. And that was the wonder of shamanism, because right? to me, shamanism was the first religion. You know, what you do when you're sitting in a cave, someone had to figure out where the game and what the weather was going to do and the sensitivities <laughs> of the earth. And out of that, all the religions came out of it. You know, they came right. on adding to it. So. Yeah. This, so this is this drum is beautiful. Where She's did, like you. Where did you get drum. this? I know I it love it. It was a gift from one of my students. Hold it up so they can see. I love the. Um, you can give it a whack if you like. Huh? Yeah, give it a whack. There beautiful, you go. It's actually a very um, nice tone. Like a horse? Is it a horse? No. no. It is a wolf. Oh, it's a wolf. Yes. Okay. Well, it's hard to tell. A wolf traditionally is teacher. Yep. It's ears. Look at the tail. Oh my God! You're gonna hit something. You guys don't bang on it. You gotta hit it. Give it a good one. Give it a good pound it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't say that. That's very bad. That's <laughs> very bad. So you just kind of, um, you just like oh, keep uh, keeping the tempo like a slow beat. Yeah, so like it's like we beat. call it the heartbeat. So, so it's yeah. such a heartbeat of the earth. And it gets you into that zone. So we yeah, get, so get a little rattle with it? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get a little rattle with it. Let's say a Channeling That's awesome. I start channeling I energy. That. And That's kind of a shamanic rap. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it goes faster. It makes me think of that song. What is it? Um, drink the wine, take that girl. Oh, oh, yes. oh, hey. he, starts, yeah. <laughs> he starts saying all these words. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman starts talking to him in another language. That's what it made me think Yeah, music's a big part of shamanism <laughs> chanting. So you went that journey, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. Good times. That's funny. No, okay. I like that. So we have some sage. Sage is like used everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't right. actually work very well anymore. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. Really? It'll, it'll clear up people energy, but if there's something that's lingering that's a little bit on the intense side. That always been my my pet peeve is you know a lot of people like if they have a haunted location they go in and they like sage the place 
And actually, sometimes it creates more, more. more problems. Oh. So you're an Anglo-Christian white guy from 1750 that did something bad, and now you're hanging out in this farmhouse, hanging out in this farmhouse, and all of a sudden somebody starts saging. What does he know? All he knows is the Bible. You know? smells that stuff stinks. But in all religions, they do use sometimes. There's this kind of... We have the incense. Yeah, the exactly. Yep. This is from Peru. This is called Palo Santo. Palo Santo. It's holy. Uh, holy wood. And this, mm-hmm. uh, this actually has a very incredibly high vibration. I have some yeah. cool wood like that, too. I don't yeah, know. you probably have the same stuff. It's getting yeah. it's more of it. It was a gift to me. What's from the name of Palo Santo. Palo Santo. Yeah, it, it's, we use it a lot more. It's really good for opening the heart and clearing the crown and stuff so nice. um nice. but these these kinds you know things smoke um holy water yeah. you know we make our own it's a it's a the yeah. same kind of thought process those kinds of things mm-hmm. they're good for moving energy in a room but when you really start getting into the heavy duty things that are lingering in the shadows you have to get into the the more things that get your power where it needs to be to like Van Helsing you yeah. know you have to be on your best game when you're doing your thing right you know so, right. oh you can get my Van, Hel- Van Helsing spray you know That's you it. My oh well yeah, it's, it's it. in my desk uh, so anyways uh, I, I want to tell a story but you talked about holy water right mm-hmm. and, and how you use it it was interesting because um, Holy water is still water, and so sometimes you can get growth in it and stuff like that. Yep. Sometimes, you know, it goes bad, basically. Been there. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I, I had some, and I didn't know what to do with it, so I went to the priest, and I says, well, you know, I got this holy water. What do I do with it? He says, pour it into the earth. So basically, isn't that what you that's, that's, yeah. that's the actual ceremony yeah. of how you make it. Oh, wow. You know, it's okay. a combination of salt and water and some blessings and stuff. Same idea. So you were drawn to the same stone I was. I've been oh, drawn really? to I know. I just love I've the color. I've been drawn to that since it's been there. Yeah. That's a, that's so a heart stone. What does it feel like? Um. I mean, when you picked up, when you picked up, didn't you feel something? You had to pick it up instantaneously. Don't think about it. I don't know. Uh, uh, smooth and, and ah, cool. I, mean, I, it, I, forget I didn't it, forget it. Forget it. I didn't get a jolt or anything out of it. But you I I know. Go on that journey. But it, but no. When you pick up something, you, 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 if there's any energy or vibration, you'll feel that right away. And we just dismiss it. We're like, sometimes we're like, oh, look at the colors, look at the things. But no, you just, you got it. You just got it. You just left it. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so a, shama- a shamanic belief is, you know. Hey, you can hold it. Our entire body. Energy's all over it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that stone holds a lot of energy. Wow. From other people. How does her heart feel? It feels dead. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew she was heartless. It's dead. Heartless, I said. <laughs> this is another heart stone. Nice. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. pretty, too. Yeah, that's rhodochrosite. Is that like a rose quartz? Kind you want to touch it? Rhodochrosite. It's a what? Rhodochrosite. Oh. That one's got an interesting story. Um, I went through a pretty traumatic uh, relationship thing at an early age. And, uh, Women. Do yeah, pretty much. Time, yeah. And my heart shut down. It was like broken heart, whatever. Oh. And yeah. So I went to uh, this older woman woman haters club I that uh my she was one of my i have a rock in my hand <laughs> <laughs> like i've never been okay. stolen before which life anyways <laughs> you're interrupting yes so anyway so um this particular she's a dear old friend of mine and she plopped the stone stimulant on my heart my heart oh but it opened up and i'm feeling this love like wow what what just happened that was amazing she goes yeah i've never used this stone before you need to find one mm-hmm. and so about six months later I was, I was driving up through maine on route one um, going up to acadia to do some things and i don't know why but there was this little yard sale on the road and i pulled in and uh-huh. walked all the way back and pulled this out of a box oh, and, really? Really? Yeah, it was yeah, a yard sale? yeah and i asked the guy how much a buck right. 
He was a teacher. So it's cool. It's <laughs> but look, most of the things in my life have come to me that way, uh -huh. and it's part of shamanism. I mean, so we yeah. actually wait for those gifts when we're ready for them. It's like this stone here. You know, this this one's one of my favorites. Oh, look at the writing yeah. on it. Yeah, those are crystals. Is that writing? Yeah. No, wait a minute. It's crystals. There's actually, I, I, I so it's not writing. No, but it's natural writing. Exactly. It looks like writing. Yeah. So I Did found. Did you find that on what you said? That's right. Oh, yeah. Said. See, where, where are you? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. There we go. Yeah. That, that was found on Mount What You Said. Yeah. Oh, that's that's neat. And I found. I actually found a picture there of that on Did a book. Did you see the writing on it? Enough. Yeah. I think it's as close as we can get. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I found a book of runes that actually found, had a picture of it on the front cover. It's called oh. the Natural Runestone. Oh. oh, that's what it's called, Natural Runestone. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm going to be looking for those. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want one. Mount Wachusett. Yep. You can do more than wow. ski there. Wow. Don't. Oh. I want to it's see. actually a very sacred place to the native population. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And the ski place. <laughs> 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 well, it's a beautiful area okay. um, out there. Out there, definitely. Yep. Now, so I, go ahead. So these big crystals. Yeah, this big. You know, we use them for directing energy or creating space. Do you, do you for clearing at all, or I mean, um, we these are tools, mm -hmm. but you know, the, really the biggest tool is us. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I always said you were a tool. Yeah, that, I, I can uh, take it. But uh, wow. and I so just, you know, for me, these things are all reminders. You know, so this reminds me where within me, my ability of, to move energy, it's a double terminated smoky course. They're very rare. You know, it's a very powerful stone for grounding. Mm -hmm. If something gets stuck to me, I grab this and off it would go pretty mm -hmm. quickly. But, you know, am I going to carry these all around with me when I go to Walmart or, um, you know, no. not going to happen. So I Get need to remember from the stones, you know. So all ritualistic work at this level in this understanding of being empathic is, what does this teach me? How do I actually be able to move this at any given moment's notice? Because mm -hmm. the further I go along, is the more it's just nonstop, mm -hmm. you know. And it's kind of always been that way, but just bigger and more intense things happen now. So bigger visions, more knowings of worldly events and things. And how do people make themselves more open to this? This stop being afraid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. <laughs> I, that's true. That's true. Uh, all li life is two choices: love or right. fear. Right. You know, and so it's just energy. That's yeah. all it is. And so, like um, we were just talking about on the way up here, I, uh, someone passed away. Um, my ex-wife's husband, and and uh, so weren't that funeral. It was kind of uncomfortable, but I said, mm. I told myself, I got to go because it is. Right. And, and have that experience, and all these great, wonderful things came mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah, we have a we have a saying, and I, I don't know if it's in this book; it'll be in the next one. Um, you could be a student of your life, or you can be a victim of your life. Yeah, the good. choice is up to you. Good, very good. That's, and it's the energy. That's a great it's the energy. Yeah. So if someone invites you somewhere, and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, you know, and you get that that's vibe. That's where you go. That's where <laughs> you go. Oh, it's got to teach me something. Oh. So yeah. I'm in a lot of these crystals and and gemstones, and they'll tell you that. You clear them by putting it in the sunlight for X period of time. Is is that? It works, but I'll tell you what. Does it work? That's all you got to do. So a shamanic practice that we do is like, who's the strongest energy force here? Me. Exactly. Well, we are. You are correct. <laughs> you are. So you know, if everything's a battery, 
okay, and everything stores energy, you know, these only store what they've been given, mm -hmm. okay? But we're constantly in this flux of vibration by our choices, and energy follows intention. So if I intend with a higher vibration for this to be clear, guess what? It's clear. It is. There's a story in okay. this book about, um, I, I hate to tell this story, but it's, there's a lot of truth to it, where <laughs> there are some people that will actually power up crystals with their energies so that people think that they're more powerful than they are to sell them. Hmm. You know, people have been caught doing that. I, my daughter, we went into the bookstore, we were in the New Age section, and she reached in and grabbed a book. It was a New Agey book a bunch of years ago, and she got zapped by it. Somebody put a vibration on it just for fun. So oh, that's <laughs> it, terrible. And you'd be surprised at the kinds of things out there that happen. Wow, I can't that's believe it's a wrap up, right? I know. We just got our wrap cue. Oh, oh no. That flew. So we've, we been, we've been talking with Steve uh, yeah. Wilson and uh, Betty Laud Comerford. And uh, <laughs> they are the founders of the Spirit Light Network. And they have these two great books out, The Empath's Quest, Finding Your Own Destiny, brand new, and The Reluctant Empath. But you got Betty is also a, a fiction writer. So what, what about you, Betty? Um, under the pen name BT Lord, I, run, I write murder mysteries. And uh, they're the Twin Ponds Murder Mystery set in Maine. Awesome. And you can find them on Kindle. See? Excellent. Cool. Yep. And I know, just real quick, you each have, uh, you have a website together. Yep. CumberfordWilson.com. Okay. And so the teaching can... center is called the Sacred Healing Grove. Dot com, where we have a, a big 750 square yard where we teach these kinds of things in Mason, New Hampshire. And right. Classes. Awesome. And, get and in the fall, we have a new book coming out on the Empathic Ghost Hunter. Excellent. Cool. Third part of the series. And yep. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the cover. CoverfitWilson.com. We, sounds like a. We do have to. We have to wrap it up. So I we want to thank you. Thank you so up. much. Thank you for having. Thank us. you for having really us. Really enjoyed it. And that is the end of our show tonight. And please tune in next month for our live video he show. He didn't want to do this. I can tell <laughs> And <laughs> he's banging the gong. It's time to go. Take care, and we will catch you next time. I'm not. <laughs>